Hi, welcome to the PDYC podcast. The purpose-driven youth chapel of Calvary Baptist Church at Oraka is a youth ministry for young adults and the young at heart. Our mission is to exalt God in worship and raise exceptional leaders for the next generation. Join us as we dive into today's message and I know you'd be blessed. Now, listen to today's message. And may your words bring blessing to us. And may we meditate upon these words. And may your words bring a change in our hearts. And may our lives be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. So our theme for this year, having been led by the Holy Spirit, our senior pastor waiting before the Lord. And then, normally, let me just check out the theme is captured. The sinner pastor goes before God in prayer, waits upon the Lord. It takes a time. Sometimes right from the beginning of a new year, he goes before God, and then God gives him a direction as to how the church should go. And then God comes in with the theme and the scripture to back it. And then what he does is that he has a group of pastors that he throws it to. They do think tank and pray and look through and pick it up, and then together with the pastors, we come together, look at it. It will surprise you that even sometimes the theme is taking a sent to some of our pastors. One particular pastor, um, Reverend Philip Lutrot, he also goes through it and pray about it. And when the theme comes out, amazingly, you find out that see somebody outside is confirming the things that God has laid upon the heart of the senior pastor. So you find out that the team of pastors he gives the team to have a word confirming what he has. Then outside there's a confirmation. So you know that God is speaking. And for us this year, it's rooted in Christ Jesus. As Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. And it's been broken down into various areas. If you look at the first quarter between January to April, January, February, March, rather, we looked at intimacy, which has to do with worship and prayer. In fact, everything that comes out, every quarter, there's a focus plus prayer. So the first quarter, we looked at intimacy that has to do with worship and prayer. Then the second quarter, from June, uh, from April to June, we looked at transformed to Rooted to transform lives. In other words, we are looking at evangelism, missions, and prayer. Worship and prayer, then evangelism, missions, and prayer. So everything was driving us towards building yourself so that your life can be a blessing and a witness to others. Now, the fourth, the third quarter, July to September, we are going to be looking at the rooted disciple. The rooted disciple, which means that we are looking at discipleship and prayer. Discipleship and prayer. So, the first one has to do connection with you and God, getting closer. God affecting your inner man, understanding what worship means. The second is that you are affecting your community. You are touching lives. But then the third quarter, we are looking at you yourself 
building yourself up, rooted in your life. And it's going to affect, if you're a true disciple, it's going to be affecting your prayer life. So they'll be teaching on prayer. They'll be teaching on your stewardship, giving. Another area is going to be on your time management. If you're a disciple, how are you managing your time? Which means that you need to plan your life, organize your life, have a focus. Another area will also be family life. How are you going to build your life if you go into marriage? So the third quarter actually is going to focus on you as the individual where you see Christ building you up. Now, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 again. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And we are taking it from verse 29. Ephesians chapter 4. Reading from verse 29 to 32. I'll read through quickly. Ephesians chapter 4. Reading from verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, from you. along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Now, that scriptures I've read, the verses I've read are loaded, very, very loaded. It has to do with you rooted. And when we say rooted, by the way, I don't have any PowerPoint, so I'm flowing it from my, my summer notes. When we talk about you are rooted, you are connected. Your life must be connected to a source. Another word for rooted means to be alive, to be alive. If you are not rooted in anything, you'll be dying because every living thing must grow. Every living thing must receive a source of life. So, rooted means you are alive, you are connected, and you are natured. You are natured. Something that is rooted means that you are receiving a source of nutrients, and you are drawing strength. Then, another word for rooted also means stability. Stability. Stable in your inner man. Stable inside, so that on the outside, you are strong. So the word rooted is connected, being alive, being stable, and being natured. Now, when we talk about disciple, remember this even morning we are looking at the rooted disciple. That is our focus for this quarter. So what is the disciple? A disciple is a learner. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is a student. A disciple is a follower. So a learner, a student, a follower. And the last one I can say is that that disciple is an imitator, imitator, imitating whoever he looks up to as a master. So when we say you are a disciple, then I am a student of Jesus Christ. If I am a, a disciple of Philip, then I am learning to talk like Philip. I'm learning to think like him. The way he does his things, I follow. So somebody can look at me and say, you behave. You talk like Philip. Why? Because I have certain characteristics of his that he has transferred onto me. 
And so also, if really we are born again, and we say we are Christians, not church goers, because it is possible to attend church, but you may not be a Christian. It's possible to sing the songs and do the things we do, but you may not have a relationship. It is also possible that you can even be a Christian, but you are not a disciple. Don't mix the two. I can be a Christian, but I am not a disciple. Because if truly I am a Christian, then I must be a disciple. So I can call myself a Christian. Yes, I'm born again, but I may be doing my own things. But a disciple is one that is learning to be like the master. A student, a follower, an imitator. Come along with me to Luke chapter 6. Let's go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 40. The book of Luke chapter 6, verse 40. Let me just lay an emphasis on the word disciple. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 40. Right. And I read, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he's fully trained, will be like his teacher. Everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. So, we have looked at the word rooted, we've looked at the word disciple, and now we are looking at the word grieving. And today we are looking at the topic, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So, what is grieving? Grieving means sorrow. To sorrow. Or to be sad. Or to cause pain. Or to provoke. So anything that is grief and make that person sad, there is sorrow, there is pain, and to one sometimes even people go to the level of provocation, which is a very strong word. And if you come to a place of provoking the Holy Spirit, that can be very, very serious. So it is possible that I can be a born-again Christian by my actions, my thoughts, my behavior, my words can grieve the Holy Spirit. So sometimes I may speak to Michael and the things I say to him are cross his spirit. I say things that I should not say to him. And, and, and the Holy Spirit is like, come on, I live in Michael, I live also in you. The two of you, you belong to one another. How can you talk to him like that? How, how can you use words like that? And sometimes I may say things to Michael and by the time he goes home, his spirit is crushed. He came to church joyful, but my words are corrupt and nasty. And he says that don't allow malice, anger, bitterness, those things can grieve the Holy Spirit. And so when we're talking about grieving, we are talking about things that make the Holy Spirit sad. Things that make the Holy Spirit sorrowful. Things that make the Holy Spirit be in pain. And things that can provoke the Holy Spirit. So then that brings me to who the Holy Spirit then is. So remember, see where I am building it from. We are looking at the rooted disciple. And we've looked at the word rooted. We've looked at who a disciple is. We have looked at the word grieving. And now, the one we are grieving, who is he? Why? How can I grieve him? 
And if I don't understand who the Holy Spirit is, I may not even know that I am grieving him. It's like you and your boyfriend. If you don't study your boyfriend to know his likes and dislikes, and this is somebody you are planning to marry, or a girlfriend, every time you go to the person, by the time you are leaving, you are hurting. You are hurting. Can I advise you, any relationship in which you are, the pains are more than the joy. Don't pursue that relationship. Don't pursue it. Because every relationship must build you up. No relationship should leave you wounded. And so if you are in any relationship, and today, every time you visit the person, something about you, literally, I've always, I've always by the grace of God, I have a wonderful relationship with my, my children. And I'm blessed with five boys. So you know I have, I have a lot of work to do to prepare them for marriage. And so me and my children, we, we talk, we say things. And one of the things I've ever told my children is that never beg for love. Never ever beg for love. So if you're in any relationship, and literally it's like, I'm begging you to love me, walk away. Walk away. Because that relationship, at the end of the day, it does not matter how nice the person looks. It does not matter how... To, you, you go and you start talking now, before you know, your, your conversation will end up in argument. And then before you know, you, he has said something to you, sarcastic comments, and, and, and says certain things about you. And then before you know, you are hurting that he calls you. Uh, are you there? Uh, I, I just want to say, I love you. Which love? Which one? So, you need, to, you need to know who you are relating with. And I'm bringing that relationship with we and the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit does not punish us. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit is not punishment type of thing. It's a relationship. Open relationship. Don't hide anything from me. I am the Holy Spirit. And very soon, we will look at the attributes of the Holy Spirit. But one of the things the Holy Spirit desires is relationship. So if you are like this with the Holy Spirit, you are grieving him. You are not transparent. You are not open. But he can see you through and through. So what is the pretense? That I look nice to people, but in me, I know that me and the Holy Ghost, we are not fine. He's hurting. He's grieving. Because he wants an honest, pure relationship. He said, just as you are come, it is me who is working upon you. And this morning, I will use a lady in the Bible. One of the things that preaching does is that when we are preaching, we take what we have and we come to what we know and you marry the two so that you can get a clear picture. So somebody is asking, how do I grieve the Holy Spirit? And oftentimes, the moment they talk about grieving Holy Spirit, our mind goes to fornication, adultery, immoral. That's all Christians and that's all. But even... I will spell it out. I will show you certain things that can make you grieve the Holy Spirit. But who is the Holy Spirit? Number one, the Holy Spirit has a personality. Say to somebody, personality. Say the Holy Spirit has a personality. In other words, he sees, he feels, he talks, he relates. So the Holy Spirit is not, a, it's not an air. It's not something that is just blowing. The Holy Spirit is real. He's a person. You cannot seek him. But he's so real. He's so relational. Number two, the Holy Spirit has a presence. He has a presence. Romans 8, 11, If the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he will quicken your mortal body. So there's a presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a personality and the Holy Spirit has a presence. In fact, when the Holy Spirit is with you, 
it will, it will manifest. It will manifest. I, I, there is something that happens with me, and I know. Often, sometimes I will go to some program with all humility, with all humility. And you find out that sometimes, even if it is pastor's program, where you go in and it's a big program, you see people struggling to, to be recognized. They struggle to sit in front. And most often, I try to apply the biblical principle that wherever you go, you sit somewhere at the back. And no matter where I hide, somehow, somehow, they will signal me and say, can you give us a prayer? Sometimes they'll just come and say, there was one of a program which was an international program that was done at the Accra International Conference Center. I was sitting somewhere, sitting somewhere. It was a dinner. A dinner with people from all other countries. And I was sitting somewhere. They came straight to me and said, you will give the opening prayer. <laughs> you give the opening prayer. And you have to be ready at every time. I'm just saying that when the presence of the Holy Spirit is with you, one of the signs is that wherever you are, you don't struggle for things. God will always make sure that you are obvious. May God's presence be with you. Oh, I say make his presence be with you. Then the third thing is that the Holy Spirit has power and potential. He has power and potential. The first thing is that the Holy Spirit has personality. The second is that the Holy Spirit has presence. Presence and purpose. Presence and purpose. You can write it down. And then the Holy Spirit has power and potential. If the Holy Spirit is not me, me, I can be careless with my words. And to the glory of God, Adam, I salute my prophet. Right. To the glory of God. How many years have I been married? He was not there, so I'm asking him. But by the glory, I think that we've been married for 30 years. This year will be 31st, 31 years in marriage. And to the glory of God, to the glory of God, I don't remember my wife and I. Not that we don't have our frictions, there are times, but I don't remember where I have to come back to recollect sarcastic comments I made to my wife. I don't remember. And to the glory of God, she also cannot remember. You know that type of words you say in the middle of the night or at dawn? You have to wake up to apologize. <laughs> because you have said the words and the words are coming back to you. Okay? But by the glory, to the glory of God, I, I don't remember we having to apologize because of sarcastic, sarcastic words. There, there, there are times where one of the boys was growing up, then carelessly, not insult, not insult. But the mother asked him to do something, and then he was throwing tantruming. Now he was a kid. I said, hey, this woman here is your mother. But me, this is my girlfriend and my wife. You better behave. And then, Go back and apologize. And then he went back and apologized to the mother. What am I driving on? I'm saying that the Holy Spirit works with us so much that when he's working in your life, he gives you the power and the potential to overcome. Because where I am coming from, there were some things I could have learned and do it in my marriage, but it would destroy my home. But by the virtue of the power and the potential in the Holy Spirit working in me, I am able to overcome some things. May the Holy Ghost give you power. Oh, I say may the Holy Ghost give you power and make it help you. Quickly, let's go to the first. One of the things I want you to notice is that when you are working with the Holy Spirit, there are dimensions. Say dimensions. Say there are dimensions. And I'm going to use a lady in the Bible to show you that 
there are dimensions. Let's go to Luke chapter 1 quickly. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. Am I making sense? Hey, am I making sense? Right, God bless you. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. And let's read from verse 26. Most of the time we think this is a Christmas story. But let's go to Mark, Luke chapter 1 quickly. Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to descend. Take note of the word. She tried to descend what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid. You see the work of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit does not put fear in us. So anytime somebody comes to preach to you and he puts fear in you, that will not be the, the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit does not put fear. And, and every time, if you read the Bible, God does not intimidate us. So don't let anybody intimidate you. Yes, you may have sinned, but there are preachings that make you shrink and so much that you feel like, I am too dirty and I'm afraid I cannot come to God. No, no preaching should make you afraid. Every preaching should end up with you running back to God. No matter how you mess up, no matter what you do, you can run back to your father. And so Mary was descending the greeting, but she had fear. And then the angel of the Lord said, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Tell somebody you have found favor with God. Oh, say you have found favor with God. So the first thing you and I, the first thing we are learning about the Holy Spirit and the grieving is that, write it down. I find favor with the Holy Spirit. I find favor with the Holy Spirit. Because in the first place, who are you that the Holy Spirit should relate to you? Who am I? It's all the favor of God. Now, I need your attention. Anytime we become born again, as of Philip, anytime we become born again, automatically we become virgin. Hello? The moment you become born again, it does not matter the sins you committed. As soon as you become born again, your slate is wiped. The blood of Jesus cleanses you off. So the number of abortion you caused, though, the number of things you did, though, the stealing you stole, oh, the slate is written clean. So a new beginning, a fresh start. So you become like somebody who have never had a sex before. Meanwhile, you might have tested it, but the Holy Ghost wipes away your, your background, your past, and then there's a new beginning. Now, a journey with the Holy Ghost begins, and it is a character transformation. So, the, the journey with Mary was that not Mary was not perfect, but Mary had favor with God because the Holy Ghost looked at her and realized that this person, I can take her like a clay and I can mold her, I can shape her. There are some people, eh, God even cannot work with them because they are so hardened, they are stubborn, they are set in their way, they are set in their thinking, they like to do what they want to do. So they are not people that can be formed. And so sometimes it's difficult for the Holy Ghost to work upon those people. But Mary... We are told that she was flexible. So if you look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 to 32, it talks about character. Character. 
character. The first place where the Holy Ghost starts with us is that when we are virgins, he starts as we are virgin. But he begins to now work upon our life. A virgin that is learning to talk, learning to walk, learning to sit, learning to compose. Because you are looking like somebody. You must look like Jesus. And so the ultimate goal of the Holy Spirit is to shift you from being a virgin to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And we have fear. We have confusion like Mary. We also have questions. Hello? Never be afraid to ask the Holy Ghost a question. Me, sometimes I ask him questions. So not be afraid. Mary was not afraid. Mary asked questions. And the Holy Spirit is always happy when you ask him questions. So number one, if you look at the Mary story here, he said you have found favor with God. Then he said you will carry a child in your womb. I want you to know that you and I may not be pregnant as Mary, but our womb is for God to deposit something in your womb. Anytime God wants to lift you another level, he ministers to your womb. God does not come to your head. He drops things in your womb, in your spirit man. So there are people who are carrying visions of nations. There are people who are carrying vision of an executive company. But it begins with a seed in your womb. This afternoon, may the Holy Ghost deposit a seed in your womb. May you not just be an ordinary Christian. May you walk with the pregnancy of Jehovah. May you carry the vision of Jehovah. You are the next millionaire. You are the next billionaire. You are the next transformation leader. Wherever you go, I pray. Look, I see some of you today. Hello. Uh, am I talking to you? I see some of you today, you are ordinary in Calvary Baptist Church. Oh, but let us give you three years from now. Some of you, you will be running companies. And not only a company, it shall be a multi-million company. I see some of you rising from a level where you never thought you would be. And the Lord will establish you. I see some of you becoming kingdom financiers where you will have money that you will support the gospel. I see some of you, you will run companies and you will begin to employ others. I see some of you able to pay the school fees of 10 children in the university. Why? Because the Lord has put the seed. Today it is not ordinary. Today we don't see it, but tomorrow that seed in your womb shall be dry fruit. It shall bear fruit. Put your hands together for the Lord. So, when you find favor, listen, the starting point, the starting point with the Holy Spirit is favor. It's favor. Nothing happens by accident. It's favor. If the Holy Spirit is going to move with you in dimensions, it starts with favor. He said you are highly favored among all women. May God favor somebody. I said may God favor somebody. And you know when God favors you, eh, how do you operate in that favor? Write it down. Simple obedience. Simple obedience. Look at Mary. He said, you are favored among women. The Lord is with you. And then he asked, how can this be? He said, don't worry. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit. He said, may it be done unto me according to your will. Simple obedience. No, yes, I, am, I have the right to ask a question. But after they told her that this is what you will do, as for the things that are humanly speaking, yes, you can ask questions. But those things that are divinely speaking, which you don't have understanding for now, leave it to us. And he said, yes, sir. Your will be done. 
For now, I can only accept what you will do in my life. But all other things, I cannot understand it, but I don't need to understand all. Anybody that works with the Holy Spirit, you don't need to understand everything. You just believe and work with him. And bit by bit, he will open your eyes. And that was what was happening to Mary. Number two, when you work with the Holy Spirit, he will give you discernment. Write it down, discernment. Hey, I don't see how you can, I don't see how you can flow in, without discernment. Because as for discernment, it is proper. Hello? Oh, are we here? Oh, tell somebody before even you propose, you need discernment. Oh, are you there? If like, go and ask prophet, go and ask prophet, prophet, uh, uh, sister Dodu, he will tell you. Ask prophet. You, 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 where you get discernment? Ah, there was somebody who said, he looked at the lady and said, God says, I should tell you that you are the one. He said, God, the lady said, God has not told me anything. Ah, you, God, God told you, me too, I am a daughter of God. God should tell me something. Look, if you don't have discernment, there will, people will deceive you anyhow. Are you understanding me? There was somebody also, when they, when they married, uh, one night, one night the woman woke the man up. The guy used to pray. The guy used to pray. But then, he, this time, his prayer life was down. The one day he was wondering, what the cry is happening to me? One day the woman woke him up. He said, let me ask you a question. He said, you want to ask me a question? Why am I? Why am So they were in the bedroom. He said, I want to ask you, do you really pray? I said, what question are you talking about? He said, no, I don't think you really prayed. You know why? The woman, they do this. If it's this type. Are you understanding me? And she told the guy point blank. He said, look, I was sent particularly you, you. He said, you, they planted me in the church because of you alone. Hallelujah. May God give you discernment. Oh, I said, may God give you discernment. So quickly, then the third thing is that, the third thing you need to do as we work with the Holy Spirit is that you want, you want to work on a journey of faith. A journey of faith. You need to have a journey of faith. Romans 5, write it down. I want to quickly wrap. Romans 5, 1 to 5. Romans 5, 1 to 5. And Ephesians chapter, Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 17 to 20. Ephesians 4, 17 to 20. Right. Then another thing that will happen is that when you are working with the Holy Spirit, there will be, there will be evidences of, there will be evidences. People can measure evidences of the work of the Holy Spirit with you. Listen to me. In Christendom, we don't compete. In Christendom, there are people who will criticize you. Everything, they'll look for fault. Don't work with people like that. Number two, there are people in Christendom, everything you do, they want to compete with you. Watch them. There are people also who will always want to challenge what you are doing. Watch them. But there are people who will celebrate you. Go with them. Write it down, number one. There are critics. They will criticize you. Number two, are people who want to compete with you. Your position, your gift, your anything you do, they will want to compete with you. Number three, there are people who want to challenge what you are doing. They don't dance for you. They want to do sure that you are always at the back. Be careful of the three of them. But there are people that will celebrate you. And that was what the angel was doing to Mary. Mary, you are a virgin. There is a beginning with the Holy Spirit. But we are celebrating you. Yes, you are in a village. Nobody knows you. But we are celebrating you. Very soon, the Lord will bring you to the lamb light. 
Because any work with the Holy Ghost is a work that your end should be better than your beginning. There's nobody who works with the Holy Ghost and he will leave you the same. You may come from an obscure place. You may come from deep poverty. But when you are on the journey with the Holy Ghost, he will move you from a level onto another level. Say amen. Oh, say amen. Right. So quickly, how do I grieve the Holy Spirit? How do I grieve the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 4, 24 to 30. Write it down. Ephesians 4, 24 to 30. And Luke chapter 1. Let me be quickly wrapping up. Luke chapter 1, verse 34 to 38. Luke 1, 34 to 38. Now, this is my point. This is my point. Write it down. If they say you are grieving the Holy Spirit, how do you grieve the Holy Spirit? Number one, inability to see the bigger picture. Tell somebody inability. Oh, tell somebody. Turn to the person. Say inability to see the bigger picture. You know, Mary, she was in a village and, 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 and she was wondering, Mikra, who knows me? But you know, the angel told her, the Holy Spirit shall overshadow you. And that which you are carrying is the seed of God. Later on, when the Holy Mary was singing a song, it said, all generations shall call me blessed. So in other words, one of the things that grieve the Holy Spirit is that Adam or Philip, you may be coming from a certain place. Nobody in your family has risen to a place. And then the Holy Ghost tells you that in two years to come, I'm shifting you. You look around and say, me, my family, my background, nobody has ever come this far. And the Holy Ghost is telling you that, leave it to me. It is me who is about to do it. You are still saying that, God, I don't have qualification. I can't speak good English. My father never went to school. And, and, and the Holy Ghost is like, come on. You don't know the end from the beginning. I am your beginning and I am your end. But you are still saying to the Holy Ghost that, leave me alone. I am, I am okay in this my small corner. Meanwhile, the Holy Ghost knows that I am enlarging your territory two years from now. Where I'm taking you, you have no idea. He said, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Yatia bread, yatia bread. So finally, you grieve him. Because you are not seeing the bigger picture. I am telling you that today, your beginning may be small. But tomorrow, he will extend your beginning. So those who cannot see the bigger picture, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Number two, lack of partnership. Lack of partnership with the Holy Spirit. Lack of partnership with the Holy Spirit. Look at the way the Holy Spirit came to Mary. He said, you are, you are favored. He said, you are favored. And he said, the Lord is with you. And then the Holy Spirit, Mary said, can I ask a question? He said, go ahead. He said, sir, sir, in the natural realms, in the natural realms, a man must sleep with a woman and have a child. That is the way of thinking. That is everything how we do. And then the Holy Ghost, the angel said, yes, it's true. But with God, all things are possible. In other words, I am shifting you from the natural way of thinking and I'm moving you to the supernatural level. And Mary said, well, if you are going to shift me, I will partner with you. And so Mary partnered with the angel. But it was not the angel working. He was only an announcer. But the Holy Ghost was the one going to do the work. May the Lord make you partner with the Holy Ghost. Don't, don't be too difficult. Don't think that you know better than the Holy Spirit. Number three, number three, and this for me is important. 
Not allowing the Holy Spirit to love you. Not allowing the Holy Spirit to love you. I hope this afternoon I am telling you something. Hello, am I telling you something? Look, look, listen, listen, listen. I used to pray that prayer. Hello, look at me. I used to pray that prayer. Lord, I want to love you. Lord, I want to love you. But too many times, too many times, I fear God. So one day, as I was still praying that prayer, God said, stop it. You can't love me. Allow me to love you. And if you allow me to love you, then you can love me back. Because you, you are struggling. You, sometimes people do things to you. And sometimes you go to places and, you, and, and people make you feel like you don't, you don't matter. And sometimes you think, so he said, listen, listen, listen. The love I love you is deeper than anything. Just allow me to love you. So since then, I walk in shalom. These days, I don't let things fret me. I live a life of rest. When I say rest, it means that those things I cannot handle, I let the Holy Ghost take over. And you know what happens? Soon and very soon, that which I think I could have handled in my own strength, like this, he does it for me. Why? Because I am learning to wait upon him. Friend, stop struggling. Stop. Let God love you. Nobody can love you like the way God loves you. You may feel like I am not pure. You may feel like, eh, no, 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 no. Don't try to please God. Just throw yourself in him. Throw yourself on God. Look at Mary. He said, Lord, if I am a village girl, and yet you are interested in me and my womb, and you want to give me a savior, what kind of love is this? This love here means yes, yo, but God, eh, if you love me, I cast myself on you. Ah, may you give yourself to the Lord. Let the Lord love you. Stop forcing. Listen, don't force any man to love you. Don't force any woman to love you. Just allow God. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, this afternoon, I'm allowing you to love me. I will partner with you. I will see the bigger picture and I will take a covering. The last thing that makes us grieve the Holy Spirit, last thing that makes us Grieve the Holy Spirit is when we take the covering for granted. When we take the covering for granted. Friends, there's a covering on your life. Pastor Jewel, by virtue of marriage, is not directly under my covering, but indirectly is under my covering. There are sometimes he comes to me, and as a father, I'm still his father. Permit me to use him. Still as his father, when things are tougher for him, he knows where he should come to. Because there's a father's covering over his children. But now he's also making a family, and he's a covering over his family. Everybody, you need a covering. I beg you. Right now, the Osofo in this house is your covering. That is why you don't just get up and travel anyhow. Before you travel, even though he may be insignificant, but call and say, Sir, I just want to inform you that I am traveling. And let him say, The Lord bless you and go. And come back safely. That is a slow dead covering. He may not, he doesn't need your money. But the word he gives you is a covering. The Bible says in Ephesians that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Do you understand seal? It means that I possess you. No witch, no demon, no devil can ever kill you. You belong to me. I put my seal on your forehead. That is why devil can see somebody and say, wait here, you pay. But when they come to you, they will ask, ah, why did you bring this person for us to kill? He said, about killing for me. He said, I cannot kill him because what I see around them is too much for me. You are more than able. No devil, no witch can kill you because you are, you are covered by the Holy Ghost. But you see what? Sometimes we take the covering for granted and misbehave 
and live anyhow and work with some people. Listen, it's not everybody you work with. Oh, I'm telling you, there are some people. I remember there was a guy I was praying for. And then the Lord, I saw wrap up. Then the Lord asked that I should advise him about his friends. So I asked him, what kind of friends do you keep? He was trying to, and he's a born again believer, but he was, you know, that type of people who try to be nice so that I don't, I don't see, but I, you see, the Holy Ghost can see through and through. So I told him that you are keeping some friends, they will not help you. Because in the realms of the spirit, I saw that they had exchanged his life. But you see, as a servant of God, it's not everything you see that you say ditto, ditto. So I just warned him that be careful the friends you go with. It wasn't too long, not knowing that those friends that he works with, majority of them were into the occult. And they sacrificed him. They went on one of their usual outings instead of being in church. And when they were coming, everybody was saved. The accident that happened there, it was a, a fatal accident that everybody in that car should have died. He was the only one who died. I'm not saying that God gave him up, but I'm saying that don't, don't carry your jewel and go and sit where there is a case because there's a covering over your life and you must preserve your life. So number one, I grieve the Holy Spirit by not allowing him to do what he wants to do, the bigger picture. Number two, I, I grieve the Holy Spirit by not allowing him to be in partnership with me. Number three, I grieve the Holy Spirit by not allowing him to love me. He wants to love me. Give me a chance. Let me love you. And the last thing is that I am taking the covering for granted. In closing, the Holy Spirit is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Everywhere at the same time. All-powerful, all-knowing. So why will you hide anything from him? He knows you. He knows your name. He knows where you went yesterday. In fact, when you, when you were in your boyfriend's room, he knew. Hello. He knew. Those days when, we were, when people came on the prophetic, hey, Philip, we, do, we see something. So I went to some uh, prayer time, prophet, pa. he said, there's somebody here. Your panty, your panty is, you are wearing G-string. G-string. Color number so 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 you get Jehovah. He said, the boyfriend, your boyfriend, the room where you went, the room is this, the curtain. He was even mentioning the color of the curtain. And he said, you, the day you went to sleep with your boyfriend, you were wearing jeans string, color number so so and so. I said, oh God. Friends, friends, that is extreme. Our God is not wicked to expose you to that level. Even if he does it, he does not do it in public. But you know what? He's all powerful, all seen. Unknowing, and look at the way Mary sang. He said, "The Lord has blessed." Go and read, go and read the story. He said, "From now, tell somebody from now on." Oh, tell somebody from now on. Beat your chest, beat your chest, and say, "From now on." Oh, say, "From now on." Say, "From now on." All generation shall call me. You know, from now on, it means uh, beginning your life it be here end, eh? But from now on, you there for process. You are in a, another state. You are in another stage. I am moving you from the old stage. From now on, you will not be identified with poverty. 
From now on, you'll not be identified with failure. From now on, even though people die in your family before their age 40, but from now on, you shall cross 40 and go to 60 and above. From now on, I will make your life a testimony. And so Mary could look at the people and say, from now on, all generations shall call me blessed. And then he said, look, come and see what the Lord has done. In other words, now, Gloria, there shall be prosperity. But the prosperity is not for only Gloria. She will share her prosperity with you and you and you. In other words, people will walk with you and be saying, ah, are you the only one God loves so much like this? Why are you prosperous? It's because God will prosper you for others to benefit. I prophesied that in the month of July, may the Lord lift you up and may the Lord declare that from now on, your story will be a different story. Somebody lift up. Thank you for listening to the PDYC podcast. We trust that this message has brought great transformation your way. Connect with us on our Instagram page that's at pdyc.cbc and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get podcasts. At this point, we would want to give you a special opportunity to give your life to Jesus if you do not yet know Jesus Christ practically as your Savior and Lord. Say this heartfelt prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to save me from destruction and from aborting my purpose on earth. Please come into my heart and reign as Lord and Savior from today. Wow, congratulations! If you say this prayer to the Lord from your heart, you are now a child of God and heaven rejoices over you today. You are invited to join us or any Bible-believing church so that you can grow strong in Jesus. For counseling or help, kindly call 0244-997760. PDYC, a shining light to the nations.